Amen. You may be seated. Thank you so much. I think I'm in a faith church here. I think I'm in an amazing church. This is pretty cool. I hope you guys realize you're in a great church, yeah? yeah. How many of you love the church? Yeah. How many love your pastors? Uh, and how many love Jesus? Yeah. Well, we're, we're doing good. I, I guess you can hear by now I'm from Australia. And uh, uh, me, me and Viv met at, uh, in Sydney where she was in college and I was a teacher there. And uh, 30, 33 years later, it's worked. And uh, you've got to forgive me, all right? But uh, I've got a picture of my family. That's my lovely wife. And um, the reason we're living in Japan, we live in Japan. Can you believe we live in Japan? Well, that's crazy. Well, you live in UK, like we're all everywhere, right? And um, this is the world we're living in right now. God is doing amazing things. And um, so we were happily pastoring in Australia, just minding our own business, having a good church. And uh, God gave my wife a, a, a big, big vision of a big wave coming towards her. And uh, she's a beautiful girl and loves the Lord, but she'd never had an experience like that before. It was a, a vision that changed our lives. And um, she saw this wave coming towards her and she called out to the Lord and said, Lord, what's that? And God spoke to her out of the wave and said, don't be afraid, it's me. And uh, how many of you have ever read that in the Bible, don't be afraid, yeah? Why does God say don't be afraid? Because we get afraid sometimes, right? And you know, when God shows us something new, we're allowed to get afraid for a little while, but then God gives us the faith to walk into that thing. And so faith, faith rises in our hearts and I feel you're in a faith moment right now, Citygate. I really feel there's a, there's a faith moment here, Pastor Julian and Sharon. I, I, I do. I feel, I feel the same faith here as I feel in, in some great churches and great places in the whole world. And uh, you, I hope you can accept that, that God is doing something right here in your midst. Isn't that great? With this vision, we didn't know what to do with it, but she called it a tsunami. She saw a tsunami wave, and tsunami is a Japanese word. It means ocean wave. And uh, in her vision, the wave hit her and she felt the love and the glory and the power of God. And we knew God had, was calling us to do something that was outside our understanding. And uh, the only clue we had was that tsunami was a Japanese word. And uh, sometimes you just got to keep seeking and, and finding out what God wants for you, right? And um, so we said, let's go for a holiday to Japan. That sounded good. And um, we went there and we discovered that Japan is a big country. Japan's got uh, twice the population of the UK. It's a pretty big country. Uh, but the people have never heard the name of Jesus Christ once. Isn't that crazy? Imagine two UKs and almost no one hearing the name of Jesus. So when you go to the streets of, of Tokyo, which is amazing, it's just a wonderful, safe, beautiful, big city. Tokyo is 40 million people in one city. That's where it's my home. I live in the biggest city in the world. And the crazy thing is that you go up to people and you say, hello, and they go, hello, they're very nice. Actually, they go, oh, hello, and uh, they don't shake your hand, they're, hello. And, and uh, you go to the street and say, um, have you heard of Jesus? And they go, oh, is he American? So, no, no, he's not American. Oh, is, is he a movie star? No, no, he's not a movie star. And you realize they've never heard about Jesus. So we've had the great joy these last 16 years of, of presenting Jesus. Isn't that great? We've had the great joy, great joy of praying with thousands of Japanese to receive Jesus Christ as their Savior. Give the Lord a big hand. Come on. We've, um, I don't know if I've got a picture of my two boys. My two boys grew up in Japan. Uh, 
there's our whole family there. Um, on the left is Richie. He's a, a young science student. He's in his last year, fourth year science, doing uh, research into cancer and wants to live his life as a Christian scientist. Isn't that great? Loves the Lord, loves Japan. You give the Lord a hand. Come on, it's great. Um, he's got a lovely Japanese girlfriend. We'll see what happens there. And uh, um, in the back left is my, my other son, Monty. He's 25. He's my music director of our, all our churches. We have 18 campuses. And uh, because when, when there's no churches in a country like that, you just got to keep planting churches. And uh, we, we encourage everybody who wants to plant a church, please come and help us. In, in fact, when we saw that big vision of the wave, we thought God was calling hundreds and thousands from across the world. But 16 years later, there's only a few of us there. And um, so we got big cities of one and a half million people, and we don't know any life-giving church in those cities. It's, uh, it, that's our world. And so we've, we've been in Japan these 16 years, and I want to tell you God is good. I've got a short video. It's three minutes long. It's, it's just a little bit about our church. There's nothing different, special about our church. Just want to show you that God is doing an amazing thing amongst the young people of Japan. And then there's three young people just going to give a short testimony. Is that okay? So let's just have a little bit of a look of our church in Tokyo, Japan. から うん、<笑> 本当に自分の中に誇りに思ってくれてるお父さんって存在が。だから心から楽しいし、生きてて楽しい。自分に価値がある。すっごいそれは思う。いつも自分に自信を持ってて、なんか俺が人を励ますことができたっていうポジティブ
当に自分自身を変えてくれてありがとうって大今の日本に必要なのは本当にお父さんの愛だと思います一人一人が愛されて一人一人が作られて一人一人に価値があるってことに本当に気づいてほしい日本が愛で溢れたら半端ないね<笑>もうジーザスやべえよ人生変えてくれて本当にありがとうイエス様マジでありがとうイエス様本当にありがとう<笑>はい。And I, I really think that we've got to be faith people right at the edge, right at the beginning, right, at the, right on the outside of what God's going to do. When we saw the big wave, we had nowhere to put that, that context, but we just knew God was going to do something new and God was going to speak to people to be part of that with us. Two thirds of our church is Japanese and one third are from other nations. So we've got a number of people there from、uh, other Asian nations, especially from the Philippines. We love our Filipinos. Any Filipinos here? You're Filipino. When, Whenever we do a church plant, we say we've got to find some musicians. Let's find some Filipinos. They are God's gift to church planting, I tell you. And there's some other nations in this room, I think, also are God's gift in music and sound, anyway. But、um, I, I believe God's doing a new thing. And when God does a new thing, He always reaches for new people. Isn't that great? And I think God is speaking to generations. I think this generation is probably the best generation that's ever been alive on the planet. And don't let anyone else tell you anything different. You're here for purpose. I really believe that with all my heart. I'm going to come to the Word of God. Would you stand with me right now? And I, just, I love to pray over the Word of God because I believe that this generation needs to know the Word of God. Amen. This generation needs to understand the Word of God is so powerful. I love it when the Psalms where it says, The entrance of your Word brings light. So would you lift your hands with me right now? Lord, I pray that your Word would bring light. Into our hearts and dispel any darkness and anything else. We pray for the entrance of your word to bring hope, the entrance of your word to bring maybe a new leaf, a new moment in people's life today. I'm praying, Lord, for your touch in your word and your Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's give the Lord a big hand for his word. Please be seated. I just love the Jesus stories. You love Jesus? Love the Jesus stories. We're going to read from Matthew 17. Hear this story. I've called this message Speak to Your Mountain. It's a faith message. And I really believe that we've got to be people that, that do what Jesus says to get what Jesus said is going to come. It says, When they came to the crowd, a man approached Jesus and knelt before him. He came before him kneeling. And sometimes we've got to have a desperation in our hearts. The man came kneeling because he had a great need. And I, I think there's needs in this room. 
And I think the answer to need is that we get to Jesus. We present our hearts to Jesus. It says that he was desperate, came on his knees and said, Lord, have mercy on my son. Ah, it was a father. No wonder he's desperate. I'm a father. And there's been times I've been desperate where my boys have been sick or, or something's gone in the family. And Lord, have mercy on my son. He has seizures and he's suffering greatly. He often falls into the fire or into the water. Now, this sickness is a really weird sickness. In the original Greek language, it's moon sickness, as in when the moon is out, he gets sick. So whether that was superstition or just a chance occurrence, we don't know what, but it was continual. There was a continual problem in this family's life, a continual situation, this, this chronic sickness that, that came over his son. And, 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 and as I said, we don't know really what it was, but we know what the answer is, right? We know the answer is Jesus. Because no matter what title someone puts on it, we know that there is an answer. His name is Jesus. We've seen people healed from all sorts of things. Some of those people you saw up there uh, when they came in, uh, you know, when Japanese come to church, they look the same as if they've been saved. I mean, if you see an Australian before Christ, it, it, it's not pretty. It's like, oh, yeah, whatever, you know. Oh, yeah, don't, don't think that. You know, and, um, and after Christ, hello, everybody. Probably similar in UK. I don't know. But Japanese before Christ is like this, and after Christ is like this. And, and you say, what actually changed in your life? And they say, oh, yeah, I was going to commit suicide, but now I'm not. So you can't see on the outside with that culture. But we've had so many people say, if you hadn't had the church here, I would have committed suicide. Give the Lord a hand. Come on. No matter what the sickness is, I know the answer is Jesus. I know it's the answer. It's the reason we went to Japan to tell people that never heard about Jesus that he's the hope of the world. I really believe that. It says, I, Jesus said, uh, sorry, the man said, I brought you to your disciples, but they could not heal him. Now, this is a really sad statement to church leaders. I brought them to your church leaders, but they could not heal him. They could not. And I think that the answer to that is that we need to come to Jesus and say, Lord, we, we could not. And I don't think there's anything wrong with saying that as long as we're looking for an answer. Amen. So the, the thing about questioning God is not to question God, but it's to question God. In other words, I think that we need to be the sort of Christians with faith really do go in and ask God and seek God and, and be desperate and, and believe that God's going to give us answers for our world here in the UK or in Japan, or Australia, or wherever we've come from. God is able to do amazing things. And Jesus said this to his disciples. He said, you, you unbelieving and perverse generation. Oh, thanks, Jesus. That's really encouraging. I'm a church leader, and we had a failure, and now you're calling me an, under, <laughs> an unbelieving and, and perverse generation. That's not really nice, is it? You know, Jesus was, was not trying to rebuke them. And remember, Jesus is not talking to the Father and Son. He's talking to the disciples. And, and, and when, when we're faith people, God is wanting us to lift to new levels. I really believe that. And, and if God ever speaks something to your heart as a leader, my advice is listen and learn. Listen and obey. Because there's no other way to be happy in Jesus. Than to trust and obey. Right? Sorry for the voice, but it's true. It's okay. 
You unbelieving and perverse generation, how long will I stay with you? How long will I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. And Jesus brings up a word I want to dwell on for a few moments. It's the word generation. You know, I believe that there's, there's purpose in every generation. Um, this current generation is getting a bit of a bad rap around the world. Let's, let's face it. The millennials, come on. The millennials, whatever. And I believe with all my heart that this generation, the millennials, could be, could be the greatest generation that's ever lived in the world. I really do. The, before the gener- the, that generation, there was the uh, Gen X, and before that was the Baby Bastards, and before that was the Builders. And we talk about generations. And every time you talk about a generational group, there's going to be positives and there's going to be negatives. And sorry, but there is. And so whatever your generation is, there's going to be positives and there's going to be negatives. And, and Jesus spoke about this generation and said, it's twisty. It's perverse, which means it's twisted. There's something wrong with this generation. And, and I don't think he was really talking about one generation. I think he's talking about a mindset among leaders, a mindset that just, it's, it's troublesome. And I looked up some of these words in the Old Testament because it was sort of unusual words for Jesus. And one of them is in Numbers 32.7 where it says that, um, that the leaders, they, they discouraged the heart of the people. That was a generational thing back there that they, they discouraged the, the heart of the people. And I believe that we Christian leaders should never discourage another generation. I really believe we went to Japan to be, to be coaches. And, you know, I, I, I'm not Japanese. Did you know that? I, I got white skin. But I love Japan. I, I say to the Japanese, we've come here to... And, and when I went to Japan, I, I also had a vision from God. I had a vision of myself like a, a samurai warrior. Everybody go, oh, oh. And I had these big squeaky boots and I came in. This is my vision, right? I, I come into the big hall and at the end of the hall is King Jesus in Japan. Amen? Amen? Come on, it's not the devil, it's Jesus. Jesus is Lord. Every knee shall bow to... Every tongue will confess to. I came into Jesus' big throne room in Japan because Jesus is the creator of Japan. I came in and with my squeaky boots, sounds like Adam Boy. Remember Adam Boy? That's an old generation. Sorry, I know. And walked in, I had, and I, I took my sword out and laid it at the feet of, of King Jesus. And in my vision, he, he had a scroll. He, he, um, he had a, like, a, like a scroll he gave me. And uh, in front of all the people, I, I unwrapped it and it said, uh, I give you authority to preach to the nation of Japan. I give you authority to preach to the nation of Japan. That's what God said to me. And I said, what message do I give the people, Lord? They don't know Jesus. And he said, well, many people have told them that they're hard and they've got a bad history. Many people have said those things to this generation. He said, I want you to tell the people of Japan, I am close to them. And my message for 16 years in the nation of Japan to people who've never heard is Japanese people, you're amazing. You're really special. God is close to you. Now, that doesn't mean people get saved. The Bible says the word is near, right? It says God is near. To get saved, we've actually got to open our hearts and receive the Lord. But, but to say to people that God is far is a terrible thing to say to any generation. To say to millennials or Japanese or wherever you are from, to say to any nation of the world, to, to declare something over their lives and put it over another generation is a terrible thing to do. 
It's actually a curse. And when Jesus says this to the disciples, he's not expecting them to stay the same, right? I mean, he's not saying, hey, stay twisted forever. He's saying this so that they will come to a place of faith and actually help people like this father. He wants us to be that sort of generation that speaks to people of our generation with hope and faith. And God is able. I don't know why you're sick. I don't know why the boy's still sick, but God is able. I don't know why it happens at certain times. I don't understand, but God is able. And our message has to be consistently good, consistently hopeful. And I believe that Jesus was challenging them to say, go out and preach the good news of Jesus Christ in your generation. I think this generation of millennials could be, it could be, it could be, it could possibly be the generation that reaches the whole world with the gospel. I mean, no other generation has been so connected. No other generation has been so rich. No other generation has been so educated. No other generation has had the opportunities. And I know maybe they're not ready right now, but that's what the local church is for, right? And whatever generation you're from, can we be coaches? Be encouragers. Speak well over another generation. Because what they need to know is that they're special and they have a purpose. We've been talking about that, Pastor Julian. We're agreeing together. We have the same heart, my friend. The same heart. This church is the same heart as us in Japan. Isn't that good? That we've got to speak to a generation and say there is a purpose. There is a reason. There is a purpose for your life. It was CT Scott here from UK 150 years ago, went to, went to China. C.T. Scott Studd was, was the, in, the, in, the, in the cricket side that started the ashes. Did you know that? It was that cricket bat they, they, they burnt and made the ashes that Australia keeps wanting to get. And you keep wanting to keep. I don't know what we're up to right now. But C.T. Studd was in that team in England. He was from the, the top university, and they called him the Holy Club, and they got a burden, and he said, God, what should I do? And he went to China and, and Hudson Taylor and these other guys, and they made this huge difference in China. And he said these words, only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. And that's for our generation too. And some things are just generational. Some things just remain. And uh, I was talking with David. Was it David in the car today? That that's, there's sometimes some, some people from a previous generation talk about their generation as though it's, it was the best generation. And I don't think we can do that to a new generation. The thing of you should have been alive then. I've been to some countries of the world where there's such a sad, a sad situation where, where the young people, the millennials are growing up and saying, is there anything for us to do? Because we were told the best times are behind us. And friends, whatever generation you're from and whatever high point you've ever seen in your country, in your life, high point of healing, high point of God moving, let me tell you, God is going to do something greater. A twisty generation takes away hope from a new generation. A twisty generation troubles a nation. A twisty generation says no more. But I tell you, God is on the throne. We've got to be people that speak for the next generation. It says that Jesus rebuked the demon. It came out of the boy and he was healed at that time. And in one verse, verse 18, everything happens. In one verse, three action words. Jesus spoke, the demon went out, and the boy was healed. Isn't that a great verse? How many love that verse? And I think if we've got disease in our lives, we've got to keep speaking God's word 
over those disease. And I know that there's all sorts of disease and mental problems. And I, hey, we're living in Japan where so many, so many people are, are killing themselves and on medication so they don't kill themselves. And well, that's why we're there. And every time we talk about a social problem in Japan, which is real, we look at each other and say, and that's why we're here. Amen? And that's why you're here. That's why you're here, to see these sort of things happen in our lives. I'm really excited by this generation. I think it's going to happen. The disciples came to Jesus in private and said, why couldn't we drive it out? They asked the right question. It's a good question. Why couldn't we drive it out? And he said, because you have so little faith. Oh, thanks again, Jesus. Really encouraging day. (laughs) Because you have so little faith. And then he says, but I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you will say to the mountain, move from here to there. In other words, he says, you've got small faith, but if you have small faith, you can move a mountain. Isn't that an interesting sentence? It starts off so surprisingly down and ends up so surprisingly up. And Jesus is saying, you've got little faith, that's why you can't do it. But if you've got little faith, hey, there's some good news, you can actually start to become a mountain mover. I'm really excited about that. Seed faith, that's right. I tell you, if you have the faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from there to here, and it will be done. And what's the next part say? Can we read it together? This is the same generation that Jesus just spoke to step it up. And this really gives me hope because in one few minutes, we can go from learning a lesson to actually being overcomers. Isn't that exciting? One of the reasons I'm a pastor is because I constantly believe in instant change. I constantly believe in instant change. I really do. When I was 19, I got saved and I came, I was a fireman at that time in Sydney and I come out of a background of really being anti-Christian. For a number of reasons, I can't really explain it right now, but it was crazy. I wasn't anti-Jesus. I wasn't anti-God, but I, was, I just had a bad view of Christians. And it was one night in a factory fire. Um, I, almost, I almost died in a factory fire. This is before I became a Christian. And, and um, the factory actually was full of chemicals, and it blew up. It was in, and um, me and my two firemen friends ran for our lives. And as we ran across the road and looked back, there was bricks everywhere from the explosion. And we realized we'd just run through that. And not one of us had been injured at all. And I looked up to heaven that night and said, who are you? Who are you? And I'm just so glad I had two... Yeah, give the Lord a hand. Come on, it's great. And and my my search for God took six months. It wasn't instant. And, and, And I'm glad about that in a way because now in Japan, we've got to work with people on a journey. Because when people have never heard of a Jesus or a Bible or an Easter or a Christmas or grace or a cross, they've never heard of anything, there is a process. There is a process. The good news is that we go on the process with friends, right? We go on the process with friends. We're going on the process with our friends. We're praying for our friends. We're praying for our children, our grandchildren. Come on, generations. Come on. We're praying. We're going on a process of faith. We're going on a process of, of, anyway, I'm getting off the point, but my two friends gave me a Bible. And uh, I said, I'm not going to read that. And they said, but Rod, you've just said, who are you? And and all we can do is give you a Bible. And I I said, well, where do I read it? They opened up to the gospel of, of Mark and they said, read that. And I started to read it and I liked it. I liked it because I like Jesus. I like Jesus. 
And as a non-Christian with a non-Christian mind who's been pretty crazy, I started to read the Gospels like this, and I would read about this, and I'd read that Jesus healed the boy, and I would say, Jesus, could you heal me? And God, forgiving people, I said, God, could you forgive me? This is before I was a Christian. But the moment I received Jesus, six months later, I went to a very small church in Sydney. It wasn't a great church like this. It was a very small church with just an organ. It wasn't my culture. It wasn't my style. Just like you came out of sort of punk background or whatever, and, and here I am in the church. And the, nothing, wrong, nothing wrong with the music, folks. It just wasn't my style. Is that okay? We're not talking about good or bad. We're just talking about culture. And, and in that church, the people were nice, but, but, but there was no, the preaching was terrible. Nothing like today. And um, sorry, I uh, couldn't resist. Um, and I, I didn't understand it. But, you know, six months I've been reading the New Testament, reading about Jesus, and I stood up at the end, and no one gave me any chance to, to say, you want Jesus. I didn't know what to do, so I just said my, my big prayer to God. And my big prayer to God was one word. It was the word now. And as I said the word now, the demonic in me left me in a moment, never to return. Never. And the presence of God came on my life, always to stay. I was changed in a moment. I believe in a moment, friends. And I believe that the moment came when Jesus said, crazy generation, till they start saying, well, what do we do? And he starts saying, hey, you can move a mountain. It's a difference of a moment. Come on. And some of you, I think there's some people here have been held back by some stuff that's happened in the past and God said, it's a new moment. It's a new moment. People here are filled with guilt over things that have happened and God's saying, step into a new moment. Because this family, which is a beautiful family, I think has an amazing destiny. An amazing destiny. You know what? A church like this needs everybody. All in. Let's put it all in. What do we do? I read in the book of Habakkuk, a funny little prophet called Habakkuk. I had to look it up where it was when I first read it. In chapter 1 of Habakkuk, Habakkuk the prophet is going to God, why, 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 why? But he's not railing against God. He's not, not like rebellious, but he's saying, why is there evil in the world? And these are really good millennial questions. I love getting on a plane next to a millennial. They ask me that question. Let's talk. Come on, let's talk. I, I came back from Korea a few, a few months ago and was sitting next to a, a very tall American guy who, who was, it was crazy because um, he, he, this is how he started the conversation. His conversation didn't start by saying, what's your name? The conversation started by him saying, I hate people who believe in creation. I said, hi, my name's Rod. <laughs> and I started to argue with him. And the Holy Spirit said, what are you doing? What are you doing? He brought up an issue. He wants to know something. And I stopped and I said, you know what? This is not getting any anywhere, this argument. I want to tell you why I believe in Jesus. Is that okay? He said, yeah, okay. I told him that story I told you just now. He just started saying, wow. Amazing. Half an hour later, I shared the whole gospel with him. He said, my grandma's a Christian. She's been praying for me all this time. Give the Lord a hand. Come on. What the heck? I, I tell our people in Japan, tell the people what Jesus has done for you. 
If you just say, I love Jesus, it's a really nice statement and I totally agree, but they don't know what Jesus can do for them. What you saw in the little testimony there, I was lonely and I got friends. That's what we're talking about. We're talking about getting into conversations with people. And, and, and I don't know is actually a really good answer for some of these questions of science and, 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 and evil. And, and, and sometimes the answer of, I don't know, but I'd rather have God in this world than not. I don't know why all that's happening, but I'd rather be in the world with Jesus. Amen? Why? Habakkuk, why? In chapter 2, God speaks to Habakkuk, and he says it to this to him. He says, Habakkuk, I'm going to talk to you. I want you to write it down. I want you to write down the words that I say to you. And friends, if we're going to speak to our mountain, we've got to start getting the word of God into our heart. We've got to say, why? But then listen and journal and speak God and and. and, and Today, and maybe something, maybe, maybe one, one part of this little message today is going gonna, is gonna, is gonna to be the part you take home. Hey, I know as a preacher that a lot just doesn't, doesn't happen, but I do believe that God is speaking. And I believe that if we ever come to a, a, a service and say, God, what would you say to me? We're always going to get something from that message. We're always going to get something from that message. Habakkuk, listen, write down. Nothing is going to be impossible for you. Because of your little faith, speak to the mountain. When we went to Japan, we were inundated with a lot of negativity from Christians. I said to my young team, I brought over 10 young Australians for one year, just a gap year. And I said to my young Australians, when you hear a negative about Japan, do the Japanese thing. Smile, bow, but close your heart to the negative. Because we're here on mission. We're here because God can do anything. And when we got there, we came with a real sense that God was going to move in Japan. And it was so hard, friends. It was so hard. It was like the negative people would write. But we had a word from God. And every week I got my little 10 Australians in a circle and my wife and me and my two boys. And, and we did what some people do around the dinner table. They say, tell us the best thing that happened at school today which we do with, when our boys were growing up, which they didn't like, but we still did it. You know what it's like. Those kids, oh, Dad, it was just maths. And, uh, 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 tell us the best thing. And we're, we're creating a mindset, a mindset of there's something positive every day. We got in that little circle, and it was so hard. We didn't have enough money. We didn't have, enough, have jobs. And, oh, it was, just, it, was just, it was just like, it was just so hard. And we got every Wednesday night, we went down the room, and I said, say something positive. First, first person said, well, I almost got a job. Oh, praise the Lord. Didn't get it, but I almost got it. Praise the Lord. Next person. I got on the train and thought, I could just take this train to the airport and go back to Australia right now. But I didn't. Yeah, praise the Lord. <laughs> Next person. Me too. <laughs> we created. We created speaking to the mountain because we had a word from God. And that little group stuck and held on, and we, we saw our first soul saved after three and a half months in Japan. A young, a young man called Yuya, who was a student at one of the best science universities, and Yuya was so shy. When, when Yuya came to church, he, he wanted to play the drums. He, he, wanted, he was a drummer. He wanted to play the drums. And we had a really bad music team, but we actually had a good drummer. I said, I'm sorry you can't play the drums, but you, if you... Could you play the bass? He said, no, but next week I can. 
True story. Next week, he comes with his brand new bass. His brand new bass. He bought a brand new top-level bass. He's, he practiced the songs hours every day, and he was actually really good. <laughs> he wasn't saved yet, but he was a really good bass player on our band. We loved you, yeah. You, you couldn't look at you in the face. He was so shy. He would look at your feet and uh, sort of laugh. And why isn't you, you getting saved? Or why are people getting saved? Is it really true? And, and we went to a beach place and uh, it was summertime. It was August in, um, in Japan. And we got to the beach and we were singing. And, and you, you finally came to us and he said, I want to receive Jesus right now. Give a Lord a hand. Come on. We, we baptized him. And as we baptized him, all my 10 young Australians with tears running down their face said, if it was for this one, we would have come. If it was for this one, we would have come. You is now married with three kids and is a manager at Sony in Japan. Give the Lord a big hand. Come on. We had to overcome that talk. We had to let our mustard seed faith grow. We had to speak to the mountain, and the mountain was negativity. And as I finish today, I just want to bring this, this up. Maybe someone can help me on the keyboard in just a moment. That would be great. But I want to finish with these three short, short points about speaking to the mountain. Number one, words are faith in action. Friends, words are really, really important. Words are really, really important. I really believe that church is where God is training us to have great words. I don't mean we're, we're blind to things that could get better, right, because we love excellence. But the whole thing about being a family, and I, I think this is a really great family. The thing about a family is families aren't perfect, right? But families love each other and are called to be together no matter what, encourage and lift. And I think it's great to have words of faith. Words are faith in action. And that doesn't mean that we, we go into some strange thing, that if we're sick, we, we declare we're, we're healed. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying if we're sick, we say God can heal. God is healing. He will heal. In Japan, whenever I said it's so tough, we say God's going to move in Japan. Hasn't yet. It's been a little bit now, but he's going to move in Japan because he told us he would, and he's going to move in Japan. And so we're living in Japan out of faith speaking faith words. And, and when I get to the Japanese and say, Japanese, God is close to you. They start clapping. They've never heard the message of any God, let alone a God that loves them. It's close to them. Now every week in Tokyo, just our one campus in Tokyo, we see between 15 and 30 Japanese give their lives to Christ every week. Every week. I was just watching the, the live stream because Japan's eight hours ahead of here. I was watching our live streaming just before and my young Japanese guy preaching the gospel and he, he just did so good and it was amazing. And then who wants Jesus? And we say, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. It was just so many people receiving Jesus Christ. You see, I believe in a moment we could change anything. I believe my word for you today is really simple. This church could really, could really do amazing things. In fact, it will. It is, and it will. But God wants us all in with our words. And you know, when you're a dream team, I know things go wrong, and hey, but we've got to have words of action. Words are the overflow of the heart. Words are the overflow of the heart. Jesus said that. The mouth speaks what the heart is full of. 
Heart full, mouth speaks. Heart full, mouth speaks. And someone says, I'm not negative. So, well, heart full, mouth speaks. Come on. This is too important. This generation is waiting, not, not for perfection. No one's saying that, but to say God is able. We haven't seen it yet, but we're going to see it, right? Haven't got my miracle yet, but it's coming. I'm looking for a better job. It hasn't come, but it's going to come. I'm still single looking, but I'm going to get ready for that person. We haven't got our new building yet, but it's coming. Amen. I'm still sick, but I'm living for healing. My family's got this, but I'm believing God can intervene. Come on, it's that moment that could change lives forever. Heartful mouth speaks. Being on the dream team, being around each other. Come on. The dream team. What do you call it here? Dream team. Come on, what a good name. Dream team. Dream team, my brother. What's your name? Tayo. Tayo is a man of God. Tayo. You're the one who was, you were telling me about him. He's the one. You're crazy. Full of faith. Full of future. God's brought you here for this time, for such a moment as this. And, and I am going to finish, but let me tell you, in the history of the church, Wherever God has moved, He's always moved people around. You follow church history, there's always been a migration. I'm praying for more in Japan. We're getting more Filipinos than we've ever had. I said, thank you, Lord, you're bringing more for my team. Thank you, Lord. Come on, the Filipinos. Come on, the Filipinos. Come on, Indonesians, you're bringing it in. Come on, Chinese. Even Australians, you're welcome. Come on. And we're on a good day, even New Zealanders can come. Come on. Come on. I'm just joking with the New Zealanders. We love New Zealand. But uh, I really believe this shift that's occurring is from the hand of God. And you need to be at peace with that. You need to come to peace with it and bring your faith with it and deal with the past with it and, and be a family with it and confound the world with it. Amen? Heartful, mouth speaks. And the last thing, words of life and healing for this generation. The millennials don't need to know how lazy they are or whatever they want to say. They need to know that they're full of purpose. My generation doesn't need to know that they're old and getting ready for retirement. They need to know that they're coaches of another generation. Whatever generation we're in, come on. Would you stand with me, church? Let's speak to our mountain. Let's be people who speak and know that in a moment, in a moment, the words of Jesus in our life can turn to faith, to lift, to breakthrough, to healing, to speaking prophetically. I really believe that if we just put everything in, everything in the one bucket, the bucket of God's church, we're not talking about perfection. That's called heaven. We've got to work it out here on earth, but putting everything in, if you're part of this church, if you belong to this church, where a church you belong to, put it in. It's time. Would you lift your hands with me right now? Lord, I pray we would just be full, full of faith right now, this moment. And even if there's been disappointments, in another moment, Lord, we can be full of faith again. If we're disappointed over lack of healing or whatever it is, Lord, fill us again that you heal. 
Whatever we're believing for, I pray for another moment of lift and faith that this amazing church can confound. As you say in in, in Ephesians 2, confound the forces of darkness. Confound the world with our love and forgiveness and faith in our midst, amidst our imperfections. Would you lift your hands right now? Lord, fill us. Fill us with faith. Fill us with the same faith, the same heart, same generational beliefs, Lord God. Every generation here represented here is, is a significant generation with significant positives to feed in to the whole. Lord, help us to, to be not a sneaky, twisted generation, but a speak to our mountain generation. And each one of us, Lord, would feel that urge and strength of the Holy Spirit right now, I pray in Jesus' name, amen. Come on, let's give God a big hand. And just one last thing. You know, in a great service like this, there's probably people who either don't know Jesus, like I was on my search, right? I, I totally get that on a search and, and not really understanding everything. And you, we say to the Japanese, you, you may not understand everything, but you've got to know that God loves you and has grace for you. And Jesus died for you. He loves you. He rose again with power, His resurrection power to change lives. We're on a journey. Or maybe you've been strong for God at once and stepped away and, and God's called you here for some reason. You're not here by accident. God is speaking to you to, in a moment. Not a ceremony, that's twisty. Don't take a lot of time, that's twisty. It's a moment. Come back to God without a ceremony and without a big weeping session. Come back to God now. Tears are fine, but often it's not with tears. It's with a decision of the will that I say, I want this. I want to come back to God. So I'm going to count to three. As I say three, I'm going to ask people to lift their hand. If you want prayer to receive Jesus, you're on the journey and you're saying, I don't get it all, but I want this. Or you've been away and you want to come back. I'm going to count to three. I'm going to ask people to lift your hand. I'm not going to call you forward. I'll pray for you right where you stand. But God will touch you and change your heart. Here we go. You ready? Would you like Jesus? Would you like to come back to Jesus? I'm going to count to three. One, God loves you. Two, would you open your heart right now? And three, Would you lift your hand and say, yeah, that's me. Come on, a moment of honesty. That's me. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. That's great. Thank you. Thank you, you, ma'am, over there. Thank you. Let's give him a hand, church. Come on, that's great. I will pray, but, but I believe there's maybe just a couple more people that are in a moment, a valley of decision. I get it. I get it. I understand it. But God is touching you. Don't waste another day without Jesus. If anyone else that hasn't yet raised your hand would take that step right now. Just lift your hand. Anyone else? That's me too. That's me. I need that. I need God. Thank you, Lord, for these beautiful people. Come on, let's church. Let's give them a big hand. Come on, praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord. And I pray. I pray for your power, your resurrection power. The power of the cross and the resurrection come upon their lives. You'd, you'd forgive them and heal them and change them and fill them with purpose. The power, Lord, your power. Let them know you're real and, and you love them so very, very much and you have a purpose for their lives. We, we thank you for each one in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, let's give God another big hand. Come on, that's great.